0: Melbourne AA Steps Weekend 2018. This is Lisa talking about Step 11. Hello, everyone. I'm Lisa. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Lisa. Uh, my home group is Rosanna Steps on a Sunday night. Um, just to give it a plug, while I'm here, we start. We do a different step each week, and we're starting back at next at Step One next week. So, if you want to keep the learning process going, please come along. Uh, <clears throat> So I came into this program just over two years ago, and when I came here, on the outside everything looked okay, <coughs> but I had really hit my my absolute emotional rock bottom, and on the inside I was completely, completely empty and completely spent, and uh, I knew nothing about AA when I came in, uh, other than it's the place you go when you have no other option and you have exhausted every other possibility to stop drinking that there is, I'd tried everything and anyway, I came into the rooms and I had a picture in my mind that it would be mostly blokes sitting around talking about how like miserable their lives were because they couldn't drink anymore uh, and about, you know, their miserable existence and so, you know, I was pretty um, depressed at the thought of, you know, that that was my last hope for uh, getting sober. I uh, had no idea that it was a spiritual program, and I'm glad that I didn't know that before coming to my first meeting. Uh, because I looked up on the the list of steps, and I was like, "Okay, there, there's you know obviously a process that people here go through." And uh, the one that I balked at, balked at the most was actually uh, step eleven. And I think for most people, it's you know step four and step nine. But uh, the spirituality concept for me was was far scarier than uh, not drinking. So. Uh, that was where I was at. That was where I was at when I came in the rooms uh, and Before I talk about what step eleven is for me, I want to talk about um, what life was like for me uh, before I had a higher power in my life uh, so even from an early age, I always remember having this feeling like uh, there was a certain emptiness on the inside that nothing could fill and I really tried to fill it with everything, like I tried to fill it with, in school, it was was friends and parties and at that point in time, you know, alcohol, I started early. Um, Shopping, uh, whatever I could find, uh, I would try and fill this hole and and nothing was ever enough and I remember feeling that from a really early age and I also felt like I didn't belong, Uh, so that was even in my own family, like I've got quite a big family and... I would just feel like the odd one out, like I wasn't really part of the family, like I was I was there, a present member, um, but I wasn't really the same as everybody else. So uh, I guess when I found alcohol, um, you know, that became my solution for everything. And, you know, as lo- a lot of people describe, that was, you know, it was a, a short-term fix for, for both of those feelings. And uh, I always thought that... Life would be okay when I had the next thing, and so when I was in school, it was I had this idea that you know I'd go to university and I'd become a doctor, and then life would feel good. And so unfortunately, I didn't um, do very much work, and I spent most of my time at parties in school, so I didn't get the scores to go and become a doctor. But I thought you know when I move to Melbourne and go to university and find some cool Melbourne friends, uh, then life will be good. So. That's what I did. I moved out the day, literally the day I turned 18 and um, enrolled in uni and found the cool Melbourne friends. It still wasn't enough and I was like, okay, well maybe the uni course is the problem. Uh, So I dropped out. I failed. Um, I failed my university course (laughs) and then thought, oh, you know, that was what the problem was. I'll be happy when uh, I earn a full-time income. So I started working full-time and blowing all my money on drinking. It was in hospitality. And then I thought, well, when I, you know, go back to uni for the right course uh, and save some money, then I'll be happy. Um, So I did that and uh, I got the professional full-time job. And then I thought, Uh, when I get promoted, I'll be happy. And so then I got the promotion and then I thought, when I move to rural Victoria, I'll be happy. And so I moved to Bendigo and then I moved to Warrnambool and then I moved back to Melbourne, still wasn't happy. Um, And then life went on and basically um, from that day that I moved out of home, uh, I became a daily drinker. So that was occurring while all these uh, massive life changes happening very regularly. Um, my circle of friends was changing very regularly and uh, my partners were changing somewhat, sometimes alarmingly frequently. Um, <laughs> and, you know, that was just, but I, I still thought everything was okay on the outside. Like, I was like, you know, I've, I've got the job, I've, I've got the house, um, I've got people around me, so, so things are fine. Um, and, Basically, the the drinking problem escalated and escalated, and um, this big hole in my soul—that's what I like to call it. You know, I could could never fill it, and eventually, um, my life became so unmanageable that uh, I decided to come into AA, and you know, that's when my that's when my journey uh, with spirituality started. So, um, for me, it was it was. It was slow going, um, and that craziness of trying to fill the hole in the soul still continued through early sobriety. And I have, I recall this moment when I was, I was working full time, and because workaholism is my second addiction, you know, I was working, I was working 50 hours a week. I was doing a masters, and I was squeezing in volunteer work. I was going to like four meetings a week, maintaining a relationship, and I still felt that that wasn't enough and I was like maybe I'll try knitting, maybe I'll become a painter, like all these, these crazy, crazy way of thinking um, that just never led me to any form of happiness or contentment whatsoever. Um, and when I started to go through the steps process I started to see, see these patterns and I also saw the impact of this way of thinking on all those around me. Um, this delusion that I was you know quite a stable person, and uh, got to have that smashed through through step four um, and you know came to terms with some of my some of my defects of character uh, and that sort of thing and um, and I also could see how you know my my life did revolve all around me um, and that was just the way it was, and that caused me a lot of pain and it caused the others around me a lot of pain and uh, my mind works exactly like Fergus's mind where I wake up in the morning and I have uh, a few radio stations going at once already and so um, when I was early in the steps I thought of sitting down and doing prayer and meditation like I couldn't even sit still for 30 seconds let alone um, have the ability to sit down and do an hour of meditation or anything like that so uh, it's definitely been a slow process that, that's happened over time but um, I guess the the difference that it's made in my life, I actually think of this step as uh, probably the best—the best thing that's happened to me in sobriety, other than the actual sobriety. Um, because you know, when when I'm having a good patch, like when when I really have that um, strong connection with my higher power, and when I'm acting in a way that aligns with with my values, now, um, you know, I can I can be like the eye of a storm, where it doesn't matter what chaos is happening around me, it doesn't matter. Um, you know all those external factors just don 't matter because uh, i have I have you know a different source of strength that I can access uh, to to remain you know relatively um, undisturbed but uh, when things you know when when that connection's not so strong and you know I think even for older serve members it comes and goes, and so you know when they're the days when when i don 't have that connection um, As it should be. Uh, They're the days where I wake up and I start thinking about what I want to get out of the day, and I start thinking about who I need to manipulate uh, throughout the day to get whatever it is that I want, whether it be you know at work or at home. Um, I start doing everyone else's inventory instead of my own. Um, You know, I start to get those, those old patterns of thinking that. Um, I've thankfully been able to let go of a lot of the time they start to creep back and then, uh, you know, eventually, that and that can happen sneakily and then I can find myself in a world of pain and I have to go back and do a whole lot of step 10 inventory and, you know, um, go back to my routine and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, pain always gets me, gets me working on step 11 again. But, uh, yeah, like Jenny, I also, um, the St Francis prayer uh, has been a big... Uh, a big foundation of my Step 11, so uh, I know that most people in the room will be familiar with it, but I've actually got it in front of me and um, I've got the words highlighted, the positive words, because I find that... Um, I find it much easier to strive towards something positive than to um, try and stop doing something negative. So um, out of out of the prayer, it's love, forgiveness, harmony, truth, hope, light and joy. And so... Um, where I where I started, I guess, uh, with guidance from my sponsor was, you know, I had a lot of prejudice against any forms of spirituality. But um, she explained to me that, you know, it's it's a way of living, and that's something, you know, I could easily look at those words and go, that's something that I can strive to do, and uh, and I can strive to bring those things into the world rather than thinking about what I can get out of the world. And and that small shift in thinking uh, can be completely life changing because. Uh, when I start doing that, I stop thinking of self so much and uh, the impacts of that have been amazing. Like, it's the slow, the cumulative effect of doing that for two and a bit years has meant that, you know, my relationship is better. Um, I've been promoted at work because I'm more sane um, and, you know, I've got some really amazing people in my life um, and you know, I really do put that down to um, letting go of some of my self-centered behavior and, and thinking about what I can bring to situations. And um, the, part of, the part of the prayer that I like is the, is the bit at the end, um, and it goes, uh, grant that I may seek uh, rather, th- rather to comfort than to be comforted, to understand than to be understood, to love than to be loved. For it is by self-forgetting that one finds and is by giving that one is forgiven and that that shift of you know like there's there's a lot of things that i want in this world and i want it, like i want attention from the people who are close to me i want recognition for my brilliance at work also i loved that that share by a previous speaker uh you know i want people to comfort me when i'm having bad health you know there's a lot of i wants that naturally come up uh in my mind and uh Having, having a prayer like the St Francis Prayer is um, a really good way to uh, set myself up in the morning to try and let go of those old patterns and think about what what I can bring uh, rather than what I can get out of the world so uh, meditation for me was another interesting journey so uh, it 's something that uh, you know I tried to add it to that enormous list of things that I was doing all at once when I was working and volunteering and knitting and um, painting or whatever and I was like yeah I'll like you know do yoga and meditation too and it was just something that um, you know my sponsor pointed out that at that point in time I was having it I was like having trouble just sitting still through a meeting let alone sitting down and meditating so um, I did just end up focusing on one step at a time so um, by the time I got to this step you know I'd been I'd had a bit of a life shift, and, and meditation. I think when, like, my interpretation of how it is in the Big Book is it's more reflection, um, quiet reflection with a visualization that's recommended um, as a starting point. And uh, since I, that's that's how I began uh, my my experience with meditation, but uh, since then it's become a much more important practice for me. And for me, that's involved um, something outside this program, meditating in a group, which is something that I started about a year ago, uh, and it's really complemented my practice, but I find that uh, the more I meditate, if if I can quieten my mind, uh, I'm more likely to understand what it is that my higher power wants me to do and how I can be, you know, how I can be of service and how I can be helpful, whether that's like in this program or outside. Uh, But I have to quieten the mind before I can have those thoughts and not have them tainted by um, some of my defects. Um, da, da, da. So, how, how much time? Five minutes, Five minutes okay. Uh, da, da, da. So, uh, I guess a, like an, another way that I think about um, Step 11 is actually some I've got a friend who says that um, this stuff is about um, your relationship with your high power, your relationship with other people, and your relationship with yourself and I really love that way of thinking about spirituality because um, you know like if you're living this stuff it needs to be in all of those aspects of your life and uh, one thing that that came up for me through through my step four and five is that, you know, sometimes I can be my own biggest critic too. And if I'm not doing things perfectly, I can you know start to beat myself up. And I really loved hearing people talk about that in step ten about you know getting getting it's you know a bit of fact finding each day, uh, just to find out the truth, like find out you know what what. You have done that you need to amend for, but also what you haven't done as well. So, uh, I think that's something that that's a really big gift uh, from this step for me. Is that you know my higher power um, is not is not as harsh on me as, as I can be. So, um, and I think that's that's a really a really beautiful thing as well. Um, but yeah, I kind of run out of things to say, so I think I'm just going to wrap it up. So um, yeah, thanks working with others uh, for holding this amazing event, and a lot of work goes into these things. So I know that there have been. A few sleep, sleepless nights, so um, thanks very much, and yeah, I hope everyone enjoys the day. Information about the annual Melbourne AA Steps Weekend is available from www.stepsweekend.aagroup.org.au. Thanks for letting us share.